Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Come on, who's excited about Jesus tonight? Come on, let's put our hands together if he's good. Come on, let's get louder than that. Come on, isn't he faithful? Come on, isn't he good? Isn't he doing something? Man, he is moving here at Faith Assembly and in our city, and we are glad to be a part of it. Someone say amen. Well, I know you're excited to be here tonight. I'm excited to be here tonight. I want to welcome everybody in the room. I want to welcome everybody who's joining us online somewhere. I want to welcome everybody in the atrium. Come on, can we welcome everybody who's joining us online? We're so glad that you're with us tonight, wherever you are. And man, something incredible is happening here at Faith Assembly. How many of you were here for Awaken? Yeah. How many of you were here for the night that ended at like 10.30 p.m.? Like I was leaving at about 11 p.m. It was powerful. It was good. Every night was so good. How many of you were here for Vision Sunday? Man, if you were not here for Vision Sunday, please go watch the replay. Pastor Johnny has laid out some incredible vision that's ahead for all of us that we all get to be a part of. So make sure you watch Vision Sunday. And um, and hasn't this series, the Sermon on the Mount, been so good and helpful? It's been so good getting into the Word of God like we have. And, um, and tonight we're going to be in that. And I want to make one quick announcement. Uh, normally the last Wednesday of the month, we do night of prayer. We actually have a special night of prayer in the middle of November. So next week we're going to continue this series with a powerful prayer preaching from Pastor Peter uh, next Wednesday. So you want to be here for that. Well, are you glad to be here tonight? Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad to be here too. If I haven't met you yet, my name's David Slayton. I'm the discipleship pastor here. I get to work with an incredible team with Grow Classes and Faith Institute. And uh, you've seen all the people being baptized. We've got Pastor Wayne and a team. They're, they're doing that. And um, how many of you have been a part of a Grow class before? Let me just see you. Shoot your hands up in the air. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's hundreds of people that have been a part of a Grow class. And I just want to formally invite you to be a part of one. They're going to put a QR code up on the screen. But we've got classes on finance. So if you're like, man, I need financial breakthrough, we've got a finance track. If you're trying to become a better leader, we've got a leadership track. If you're trying to get deeper into the word, we've got a biblical studies track where we go through the the, the books of the Bible. We've got a family life track if you're trying to become a better parent. We've got a discipleship track if you're like, man, I really need to go and get breakthrough in my life. I need to learn how to pray. I need to go deeper in my, in my, my journey with the Lord. We have something called Journey of Faith. So I'd love to invite you to scan that QR code and uh, they just launched this past Sunday. So if you want to jump in, don't wait. Jump in this Sunday. If you're not sure where to start, we point everybody to Journey of Faith. And uh, how many in this room have been through Journey of Faith? Come on, make some noise. Yeah, yeah. Come on, put your hands together. If you think other people need to be a part of that, it's life-changing. So good. Well, um, we're going to jump into the Sermon on the Mount series. And um, the last person who spoke, Pastor Yana, wasn't she incredible? She really talked about how the, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount's really the roots, and then we grow into the fruit. So I want us to jump right in 
to Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 through 7. Would you pray with me as we get into the word? Lord, we love you tonight. And God, as we get into your word, we just were in this room not to be distracted, not to uh, browse on our phone, not to do anything but to focus on you. So God, let every distraction be put away as we just listen to the words that you have spoken. We give ourselves to you tonight in Jesus' name. Someone shout amen if you believe that. If you're with me, Matthew chapter 5, we're going to look at this part. We're going to recap the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus He saw the crowds, then he goes up onto a mountainside, sits down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. And here's the the, the Beatitudes, this part of the Sermon on the Mount. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And tonight, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. They're going to put a a definition on the screen, but mercy is this, compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Would you say that we live in a merciful or merciless culture right now? Merciless, right? I mean, if you take one look on the comment section on a Facebook post, an Instagram post, or a YouTube channel, you will find the most outrageous hate, anger than you could ever imagine. Has anybody seen that before? Like, sometimes I just go on the comment section, I'm like, Lord, bless them, help them, touch every one of these people, touch their hearts right now, like, save them. I mean, a post can be about Christmas or puppies And you go into the comments section, and you will find the most anger, the most divisive comments, no matter what it is. We live in a very merciless world, don't we? I mean, even the biggest YouTuber right now, his name's Mr. Beast. Maybe you've heard of him, but he went and did some philanthropy to help people who were blind, nearly blind, see again. Sounds good, right? Like, let's help people see clearly Well, he got all of this backlash because people said you're (laughs) anti-blind. I mean, if you can't see, aren't you going to be grateful that someone helps you see? So we live in a world right now that is quite merciless. We live in a world that is uh, cancel culture. How many people have heard of that before? If you say something or do something I don't like, you're canceled. We can see this in politics One side hates the other side. They should be silenced. They should be ignored. They should be, you know, wiped off the face of the earth. You can see this even in families where families won't even talk to each other because there's just been no mercy. You can even see this in children. I made the mistake of asking my younger daughter if her older brother should be punished for what he did to her. (laughs) Parents, you ever made that mistake? I go, do you think I should punish him, hoping that she's going to, you know, respond with mercy? What happens? Her voice goes three octave lower, and she goes, punish him. <laughs> so, right, we, we aren't always geared towards mercy. And I want to look at a few definitions that they'll put on the screen to help us define this type of thing. See, justice is getting what you deserve. You run a red light, you get a ticket, that's justice. Don't you hate those red light cameras? Come on. 
It's always the right turn that you get. It's never we're running the red light. It's always the right turn. Anybody else get that? Yeah. Okay, maybe just me, but yeah. Now every red light, I'm making sure to stop before that right turn. Justice is getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. That's what happened with us in salvation. We didn't deserve salvation, but God gave it to us. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. So mercy, uh, when we think about our relationship with God, what do we deserve? Well, we deserve eternal separation, but we are not getting that because of God's grace. So as we look into this, I want to title this message, A Mountain of Mercy. We're talking about the Sermon on the Mount. I want to title this message, A Mountain of Mercy. And I believe what's going to happen in this room tonight is all of us can increase in our mercy, right? All of us can increase in our grace. All of us can increase in this area. And tonight I want to just uh, ask each one of us to say, God, how can I grow in my mercy? I want to tell you about the time I got mad at John Maxwell. I got mad at John Maxwell. He doesn't know who I am, and he probably never will. But 20 years ago, I got mad at John Maxwell. How many of you have heard of him before, right? I mean, he's, he's incredible. We, we have a leadership track here, and we go through his curriculum, and he's an incredible person. But 20 years ago, when I was much, much younger, I was running the parking lot here or at our Goldenrod location and we were doing this huge conference and John Maxwell was a speaker and I'm in charge of the parking lot. I'm organizing everything. You go here, you do this, you do this. And we have this special section for just handicapped people, you know, handicapped placards. If they pull in, we want to make sure we have enough uh, parking spaces so that they can get into the building. So it's getting close to the event, and cars are everywhere. They're coming in from every direction. And if you remember our Goldenrod campus, it would get packed. How many of you remember that? It would get packed. And cars are coming from everywhere, and I see this car pull in, and and they're pulling into the handicap section, but no blue placard. And me, I'm like, no, no one's going to take my handicapped people's spot. Like, if they need it, they're going to get it. So this car pulls up, and, uh, and I'm saying, no, no handicap placard. You got to go this way. And I could see that this person's getting frustrated with me. He pulls into a handicap spot. And I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. I'm, I'm running this parking lot, and you are not, you know. But I'm still smiling, you know. Hey, no, not doing that. He rolls down his window, and this man is frustrated with me, and he's a little bit angry at me. And I start to see, oh, it's John Maxwell. It's John Maxwell. And I'm like, okay, well, I kind of just got into it a little bit with John Maxwell. And he's frustrated with me. He parks. I'm like, you stay, you know, you can park there. You're good. You're good. You're good. He goes in. I'm left out in the parking lot. And and for many, many years, I just kind of felt like, man, I can't believe me and John Maxwell had a little thing in the parking lot. (laughs) No lie. Last year, I was talking to somebody. And I don't have nothing against him. It was just a funny little memory from when I was, you know, I don't know, 20 or something, but um, somebody said, you know, I was there that day that he was there, and he came in, and, and as the person's remembering, he came in, and he got up onto the stage, and he says, would all of you just pray for me? I just found out my best friend is dying of cancer and might not make it through the night. I didn't know that till this year or last year. And he gets up on stage and he's weeping and he's really going through something. And the thing that 
I'm so glad I found out about that because it really brought back, you know, I had a moment where I didn't show somebody mercy when I should have shown them some mercy. Even if something didn't happen to his friend, I still should have shown somebody mercy. See, John Maxwell didn't do anything to me. What he needed from me that day was just a bit of mercy. Do you know what my heart needed? A bit of mercy. See, our hearts and who we are, we might not be bent towards mercy, but we need to be people that freely give it. And now that I'm much older and wiser, I can tell you I'd never make that mistake again, right? I'm never going to get into it with John Maxwell. But it just reminded me as I was praying over this message that all of us have moments where we've withheld mercy from someone. And maybe it's even been something that's been 20 years ago that you don't even remember. I want to see if any of you are human like me when it comes to mercy. Have any of you ever had imaginary arguments in your head? (laughs) I appreciate the honesty in that. Have any of you ever said, you know what, if I could go back and say it one more time, I'd say it like this. We all have. Come on, we're all human. We've all had moments like that. We've all had times where we, where we thought, man, if I could just go back and do something. But you know what God does? He shows us a better way. He shows us the way of mercy through the Sermon on the Mount. And tonight, I'm going to give us just a few things from Scripture on how to be merciful. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's jump into this. I can be merciful first when I realize how much mercy I was shown. How many of you in this room have been shown a lot of mercy? God has shown us a lot of mercy. I want you to think back to BC before Christ. Yeah, just let all those memories flood back. And then think about the moment that you got saved, right? We were shown so much mercy. 2 Corinthians verse 5. Chapter 5 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. So as we look into this scripture, that word reconciled was mentioned many times. Reconciled means to essentially bring the balance to zero. That's what it's talking about here. So what God is saying, he's saying, I'm bringing your sin balance to zero. I'm bringing every balance that you're currently carrying to zero. I want you to think about your mortgage right now and that just being brought down to zero. Someone praise the Lord if you want that miracle. Come on. I want you to think about that credit card balance that you've just been going back and forth. Okay, that's just preaching to some people right now. And think about that thing being brought down to zero. I want you to think about your student loan balance being brought down to zero. And Biden's not going to do it. Come on, Jesus, we need his help to do it. (laughs) We don't need any more inflation. I'm not going there. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Back to reconciliation. But God brings our balances to zero. And he says the ministry of reconciliation, which means that then it becomes our turn as well to bring other people's balances to zero. It says in this scripture that he did not count people's sins against them. Can I ask you tonight, whose sins are you counting against them? See, mercy is not counting people's sins against them. So right now, There might be faces going through your mind. There might be situations going through your mind of people that you are counting their sins against them. 
And unfortunately, you're here tonight where you're going to have to forgive them. Here, here's a pen, and it just dropped. It's okay. That's how these types of messages are when the Lord gives it to us, is they're not always easy as God is working on our heart because we don't automatically like to forgive. Can we keep going? You know, I actually feel like there's some people in the room that you're really good at giving mercy to others, but you're actually not good at giving mercy to yourself, forgiving yourself. You count your failures against yourself. You count your sins against yourself, and you're punishing yourself even right now for the mistakes that you've made. But do you know what God says to do? Well, first, he paid the price, and you can't pay the price. So bring your account to zero because he's paying the price for you. Amen. Man, God's so faithful. He's so good. We're bringing balances to zero today. It's easy to think that weakness or frailty is a sign of mercy, but it's not. It actually requires a lot of strength to be merciful. See, it's easy to be angry. It's easy to be unforgiving. It's easy to have wrath. It's easy to be outraged about something, but it's hard to show mercy. It's hard to give forgiveness. It's hard to do it. It's hard on the front end, but it's easier on the back end. So what God tells us is mercy is something that we need to currently show and practice. This brings us to our second point. I can be merciful when I realize how much it matters to God. So first, how much I was forgiven, how much God showed me. The second thing, realize how much it matters to God. Sometimes we can think that mercy is optional or that mercy is like, you know what, after Awaken, I really forgave some people, so I'm good for like a whole year. Like I did it, I forget, or tonight I'm gonna forgive some people, so I'm like good annual, annual forgiveness, you know? <laughs> mercy isn't optional, mercy is mandatory. Mercy is mandatory. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is very clear about forgiveness and mercy. The disciple Peter comes up to him and he goes to Jesus, hey Jesus, so if I forgive somebody, I'll forgive them like seven times, right? Like seven times, that's a good amount of forgiveness. I mean, think about somebody who's hurt you. If you forgave them seven times, that would feel like a lot. But Jesus, he says this in Matthew 18, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. How many hate math? Yes, amen. We, we, I'm not a math person, but just for fun, we're gonna do some math tonight. So 70 times seven, 490. And since the Bible says his mercies are new every day, I think we can maybe go daily on this and calculate this to a day. So if we go 60 minutes times 24 hours is 1,440 minutes. And if we divide that by 490, like Jesus said, Jesus is telling us to show mercy and forgive every 2.93 minutes. So why don't you tell Siri or Google to set a timer for every 2.93 minutes, and you just forgive every 2.93 minutes. Sound like a good deal? <laughs> amen, amen. So Jesus isn't really giving us an actual number of forgiveness. What he's doing is he's exaggerating, saying there's no end to forgiveness. There's no end to mercy. We give mercy. We show mercy. We are merciful. Mercy is mandatory. It's not optional. Can we go a bit deeper on, on, on what God says about this? Because he goes even deeper, and this is serious. He goes even stronger, and he says this in Matthew chapter 18. 
He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts, reconcile, bring them up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars he couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master, begged him, please be patient with me, I'll pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When the, some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. The king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you the tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king, sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and your sisters from your heart. In the parable, the king is God and we're the servant. The servant was forgiven so much, yet he decided to not forgive the person that owed him just a little bit in comparison. Scripture, when we look at other translations of where the king would send him, it also says where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And if you've ever read the Bible, you know weeping and gnashing of teeth is often a scripture that's related to hell. So Jesus gets very serious about forgiveness and he gets very serious about mercy because if we're not careful, it could define where we spend eternity. We're in a dangerous place if we withhold mercy. We're in a dangerous place if we withhold forgiveness. Because when we sit before the judgment seat of Christ and he looks at us, mercy will be one of the things he goes over. But I want you to catch how Jesus ends this parable. He says, but you must forgive from your heart. I've got two little kids and they love to fight, right? If you were a sibling, right, we, we all fought. We love to fight with our siblings, and if you remember your parent asking you to, to ask for forgiveness or say sorry to your sibling, right? I asked my kids, hey, you need to go say sorry to her. You need to go say sorry to him. And for little kids, if you want to see the least real and true apology in all of the world, ask two siblings to say I'm sorry to each other because it's not from the heart. But God says, I need you to forgive, not just with your words, but I need you to forgive from your heart. I know this is heavy, right? This isn't the easiest thing to get up here and say, guess what, guys? It's forgiveness night. <laughs> this isn't like you didn't come here expecting to deal with people that you don't want to think about right now. But we have to think about it. Because mercy matters to God, and because he's been merciful to us, we have to show mercy to others. And because it, real, because it matters to God, it needs to matter to us. Come on, if you're doing good, say I'm good. All right, amen. Last thing is this. I can be merciful when I realize how much it affects me. I've got an orange right here. Anybody else like fruit? I love fruit, oranges, bananas, tomatoes. 
I don't know. Is that really a fruit? I've heard it's a, it is. Okay, I don't, whatever. It's, it's, for me, it's a vegetable, but whatever. But I've got a fruit up here, and, and, and this orange, if I was to squeeze this orange as hard as I can, no matter how hard I squeeze it, the only thing that's going to come out is orange juice. Right, no matter what I do, no matter how much I squeeze this, apple juice isn't coming out, lemonade's not coming out, orange juice is coming out. Why? Because it's an orange. Because what's inside of it is what makes it up. Let me turn this another way. When you get squeezed, what comes out of you? Like, when, when someone offends you and you get squeezed, what comes out of you? I'm not going to squeeze right now, but what comes out of you? When you're, when you're rejected, when you are squeezed and someone offends you, when something wrong happens, what comes out when you get squeezed? See, the thing that sometimes we like to do is we like to say, well, because they treated me like that, that's why, I, that's why that came out of me. But the real thing about it is, is the thing when we get squeezed is what's already in there is what's going to come out. So when you get squeezed, let me ask you, what comes out? Does mercy come out or does judgment come out? See, we can get squeezed and, and then it causes us to make some decisions where we get squeezed and all of a sudden we take a seat and we, we take a judgment seat. I get squeezed. That person hurt me. And you know what? It feels good to sit on the judgment seat. It feels good to withhold mercy and point at them and say, no, I do not forgive you. We can sit on, the, on this judgment seat and we can be a parent and we can look at other parents and say, man, they're just, they're really bad parents. Like, I don't, no, I, no, they're not doing a good job. We can look at other people. We can look at coworkers. We can look at those that we work with. We can look at teachers. We can look at pastors. We can look at churches. We can look at each other. We can look at the other generation that we're not a part of. We can look at people that are all around us, and we can be people that just sit in the judgment seat, and day and night we cast judgment, withholding mercy. But can I tell somebody, and I know you know it in this room, we were not called to sit in the judgment seat. Only one person was called to sit in the judgment seat and his name is Jesus Christ see that's a judgment seat but that's not my seat that's a judgment seat but you weren't made to sit in that seat it feels good to sit in that seat it feels powerful to sit in that seat when someone gets mad at you it feels good to sit you know what I'm just gonna build a little prison in my head and I'm gonna beat them up and I'm going to cast judgment on them. I'm going to talk about them. And I'm not going to show them mercy. But we're not called to sit in this seat. If you're sitting in this seat tonight, God's saying it's time for you to step out of that seat. Because do you know who wants you to sit in this seat? The devil. He loves when you sit in that seat. Why? Because you give him authority and access to your life. You sit in the judgment seat, the devil's sitting on your lap. And don't think I'm preaching at you. I'm preaching to myself. I've been hurt. I've been hurt really bad, just like all of you before. I've had cruel things happen to me. I've had things that I won't go into details happen to me. I've had things happen to me and happen to my family that have deeply hurt me. But when I was squeezed, I'm so grateful. 
I'm so grateful that mercy came out. And you might be in the room tonight and you might be in a cruel situation. You might be squeezed right now, but, but do all you need to do to, to let God touch you so mercy comes out. Because it affects you. I've had people hurt me and, and I, one of the reasons I know that I, I handled it the right way is because I was eventually able to pray for them <laughs> and ask God to bless them. If you want to know if you have mercy in your heart, pray for your enemies. <laughs> Y'all, it's hard. It's hard being a Christian. It's hard. It's hard to do this. But it's the only way to do it. So are you saying let people walk all over you? No. Are you saying don't hold people accountable? No. I'm saying seek the Holy Spirit seek God's direction, do it God's way, and see how it will affect you. And I promise it'll be a better outcome than if you sit in the judgment seat. All of us in this room, we've had people that have hurt us. You might be in this room right now and you're being hurt. I believe God's just gonna be setting you free. It doesn't mean the pain goes away. It doesn't mean that what happened was right. It doesn't mean that what you're facing right now, you just have to forget about. What it means is you just approach it with a different attitude. You approach it with mercy. Because God might do this. He, say, he might say this, let me handle it. The Bible says vengeance is the Lord's. And we don't wish vengeance on people. But if you sit in the judgment seat, then you're saying, God, I don't need you to play a part in this. So there might be some people in the room tonight and you're sitting on the judgment seat and God just wants to say it's time for you to step off of that seat and step into this beatitude. Step into this teaching of mine where I say mercy is the decision. Mercy is the, the thing that you need to decide right now or else you'll be at my mercy. I would say this, if you're like, I'm afraid of making a mistake, of showing too much mercy, I would say, then make that mistake of showing too much mercy rather than withholding mercy. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.